Hello everyone and welcome in the React Native Show podcast. In today's episode, I'm excited to co- talk about virtual reality, extended reality and augmented reality. And can we run React Native in those realities? Who knows? I hope my guests will know. Uh, my guests today are Michał Pieszchała and Oskar Kwaśniewski. Hi guys, how are you? Hey Łukasz. Hi Łukasz. Hey Oscar, so maybe let's start from you because you are the main guest for today's podcast. You are the author and main maintainer right now for React Native for Vision OS. So please tell us some more about yourself and about this small project that you've been working on for the past few months. Sure. Um, so yeah, I'm a senior React Native developer at Callstack. Um, I'm an open source maintainer. Uh, and I'm working on this initiative of bringing React Native to Vision OS for the past few months. So, okay. And Michal, what is your role at Callstack, and what the hell do you have to do with React Native Vision OS? Uh, yeah. So I'm a head of technology, which uh, which means I'm running our uh, open source and um, R and D slash innovation initiatives and. Uh, um, XR and Visual, Apple Vision Pro is something that uh, we are recently interested in exploring. So we've just put it on our R&D radar. Okay, awesome. And um, yeah, so let's start maybe with some facts. So you said, Michal, uh Apple Vision Pro. Uh, is that the right name for this device? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was announced a few months ago on WWDC conference, right, by Apple. So right. it means that Apple is entering this um, this space of extended reality, virtual reality, augmented reality, whatever you want to call it. And we will uh, try to answer the question about the differences between the different versions of the reality. And this market is not new. This is not a new niche. Uh, this product is entering a market that is already uh, that already has some big players in it, that already has some customers, already has some devices on the market. So from history, it would seem that this is a very Apple strategy to do that. iPhone wasn't the first phone. When iPhone came out in uh, 2007, we already had Nokia, BlackBerry, and, and all of that devices, very popular. But when Apple came to the market, it quickly, and let me look at my graph here. So iPhone was introduced in 2007. By 2011, it had 18% of the market, which is huge, right? Yeah, and the, the market overall grew, and Apple... A share on that market stayed relatively the same. It still has around 18% of the market share of phones with iPhone devices. Yeah, which means that it's actually growing because the um, smartphone mobile usage is growing globally. Uh, yeah. So with this new device, with this new category, they could uh, try the same scenario 
and achieve the similar result. So when Apple enters some market that the market will grow and Apple will take significant chunk of that market. That was uh, shown previously. So we definitely hope for that because right now the, the VR, XR market is not really that big in terms of customer products, in terms of like computing products. It's not comparable to uh, phones, that, that's for sure, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's also important to mention that when iPhone was introduced, people were saying like, where's the keyboard? Because this device didn't have a keyboard. And I can see the same pattern now that people are saying that this device won't be the future, um, just like they were saying when the iPhone was released. So yeah, and maybe also, uh, yeah. about like iPhone and, uh, and, and the keyboard thing, there is a, uh, a uh, really cool movie that uh, was released recently uh, about BlackBerry. I, I don't know the the actual name. Uh, let's say it's some some BlackBerry movie from 2023. Uh, I really really encourage you to um, to, to check it. There is a um, n nice progression in this on uh, how Apple approach things versus. Uh, keyboard BlackBerry uh, and I think it's uh, called BlackBerry. I just searched for it. It's <laughs> called BlackBerry. <laughs> okay, uh, back to the topic. Uh, so I took a liberty of comparing the uh, phone market from 2007 to uh, virtual reality market from today. So Michal, do you, can, me, can you please explain to me what are the players on that market today? Like we had Nokia and BlackBerry in 2007? Um, so we have uh, we have Meta, we have Sony, um, we have uh, HTC, uh, and uh, and also like Valve, uh, I think entered the uh, the market as well. Um, there is uh, Samsung with their uh, Gear VR that's not really in production, uh, and there is also Google. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, all of us tried Google Cardboard uh, at, at some point, yeah. like 15 years ago or, or so. I remember uh, strapping my uh, Touch Nokia actually uh, into into the, the Google Cardboard. So so it was uh, uh, it was actually very fun at that point, um, and uh, it, it cost like I don't know 20 or 40 dollars uh, or so. Everybody got that. Uh, it was fun, and also uh, Nintendo is uh, um, in in a in a similar space as a cardboard. Uh, anything that that I missed, uh, Oscar, maybe or um, I think you missed also the company behind TikTok, which is ByteDance, which also has its own headset. Ah, uh, um, yeah. Many. Yeah, so, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, but the players. The main takeaway from this is that we have a bunch of different companies competing in this space, shipping their product. They already have customers. Uh, not a lot of, not really a bunch of devices shipped, not comparison, uh, nothing to compare to phone market. And the price points for those devices are also very different. But when Apple came with their, is it $3,000 device? Uh, three and yeah, a half. Three and a half. Uh, three and a half. So yeah, they blew everyone <laughs> from, from the stage. So um, 
so that's that's the market for um, for the manufacturers, right? What's up with the division between augmented, extended, and virtual reality? Okay, yeah. So I can take this one. Um, so there are a lot of short terms for it, but like virtual reality, which is VR, it creates a fully immersive experience for the users. So they are like in the real world exploring. They they have no connection with the outside world. Um, AR uh, is like, for example, on smartphones, when we see through the smartphone camera uh, some 3D elements, this is AR. And also XR or MR, which stands for mixed reality. Uh, it's, uh, it is a term that encompasses both VR and, and AR. And it stands for extended reality, uh, which, uh, can, which is what actually Apple Vision Pro uh, supports. So it can fully immerse us and also like immerse us in 20% or 50%. So we can control the level of immersion that we have and the virtual elements interact with our surroundings. So yeah, I think I've described it pretty well. Yes, I, th have... I think you did. I think you did. So maybe on the topic on uh, Apple Vision Pro, what is this device capable of? What I can do? What can I do with this extended reality device? Um, yeah, so as I said, uh, Apple Vision Pro is an XR device, so it blends the digital content with the physical space that you have. Um, and it does that through cameras. So it's actually a projection of what you see. <clears throat> it's not like a full pass-through, but the uh, Vision Pro cameras capture the world uh, around you and overlay the and 3D content. And so the navigation uh, is something that we could divide other headsets for. So uh, Apple Vision Pro doesn't have any external device that you can use to navigate. No keyboard. Uh, yeah, no keyboard, no controllers, joysticks, whatever. Uh, you just use your hands and voice and your eyes. Um, so it has um, more than this screen has more than 4K TV for each eye. Um, it has uh, like a spatial audio speakers, uh, some advanced age tracking, and what's pretty cool, it has an M2 chip, the same that you can find in like a MacBook Pro. Okay, M2 chip, yeah. So uh, I have a thought in my head that we just spent, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes talking about extended reality, Apple, uh, other uh, manufacturers, and it might seem like we are doing the Apple uh, Vision uh, Pro commercial. But this is the <laughs> React Native Show podcast, and we will get to React Native, believe me. Uh, just one one last point on the, on the device itself, and then we will get to the React Native part. So that's the physical part of the device, right? Uh, you, you, you mentioned. What is the mm -hmm. software part of development for uh, for Apple Vision OS system. Yeah, so Apple Vision Pro ships with Vision OS, 
as an operating system and this operating system will be used for future devices um, and it offers you a way to render uh, 3d elements uh, it has like for now we had windows for example in uh, desktop applications but vision vision os expands on that topic and allows you to create volumes uh, which are windows uh, rendering 3d content um, and also the uh, vision os allows you to render spaces um, and by default uh, when we launch our app it boots you into a shared space where every app uh, has its own chunk of this space and apps can um, control the level of immersion uh, allowing developers for example to set the immersion to full full immersion so it would be fully immersive space um and yeah uh, vision os focuses on swift and swift ui so, sorry maybe sticking mm -hmm. with like the let's say development modes you said there are three windows uh which we already have in just regular mobile or desktop apps uh yeah. volumes and spaces so volumes are spaces are new windows are old mm -hmm. does that mean that i can just take my application that i developed for react native or for mac os and i can just run it on vision os pro with some probably some tweaks but it will still work i will see a window somewhere in my living room and i would just interact with that window with that mac os app um yeah <laughs> pretty much you okay. can say that uh if you take an existing ui kit app which um, React Native bases on, you can recompile it to to work on Apple Vision Pro without almost any issues, as we will discuss later. Okay, what's the what's the situation with controls then, with interaction with that window? So on phone I have touch, on my uh, desktop I have my uh, pointer and keyboard how do i interact with that window or with that space or with that volume mm -hmm. using just my hands and, and w whatever else yeah so i think an important disclaimer here is that i've never actually used the device <laughs> i was only developing on the simulator but from what i know from the documentation um users uh the OS highlights where users look. So for example, if there is a touchable button, uh, it will get highlighted when we look at it. Um, and when we uh, press like this with our fingers, the element will be selected. So this would be the equivalent of clicking. Um, and the if the window is closer to us, we can actually reach for it and click with our, like you would on a tablet or, or something. Mm -hmm. So, and this is handled yeah. by system layer. So the gestures yeah. and uh, pinches and eye tracking is handled by system and e e developer is only exposed to some API that we can interact with, but mm -hmm. we don't have an access to like actual hand tracking. We don't have to care about that. Um, yeah, in normal apps, we don't. I know in that in reality, reality kit i think you can track users hands 
to display something on it. Uh, but like for normal normal apps, um, you don't need to care about it. Every um, gesture gets translated to something that we had before. So yeah, it will be just a click for us in, in, in the app. Okay, yeah. thanks so much. And sorry for putting you on the spot here. I know that you are not a Vision OS developer per se who already played with the device, but I'm just really, really curious because this is something that native platform exposes and that you as React Native developer have to bridge to React Native somehow so that regular JavaScript developers can use it at the end of the road. Mm-hmm. Mm, like it's mostly translated on the UIKit layer. So on the Apple framework side, we don't need to think about it. Like when we have a native app and we want to recompile it for Vision OS, those um, gestures will also get translated. And like it would, for example, if we, um, I don't know, do two finger gesture uh, on Vision OS, it would be two hand gesture. Um, so the only thing that we need to uh, remember about is that when we have like, for example, three finger swipe, it wouldn't work for uh, Vision OS because the max maximum input is two, two hands. So yeah, mm -hmm. we can only do like two, two inputs uh, at the same time. Yeah, it's also, it's also translated to the uh, simulator space so so you can you can actually click like uh, what you see is translated to the mouse hovering over some elements for example um so so th there there is uh, a a transition layer to i guess all or almost all of the interactions there uh, and um, apple's uh, vision os simulator does really really good job at uh, um, like interacting with this space by having a 2D screen uh, inside of you. Because uh, so far, uh, I think Apple only started or is about to start delivering the actual dev kits. So, so we're not able yep. to um, test it in production yet. We're on a wait list. Uh, waiting for actual device and we're expecting that the first device will come to us to to Roslov and then um, will be transported to to Chaichin where uh, where Oscar is uh, so uh, I guess that will be that'll be fun and uh, uh, yeah other than that uh, there's only a handful of uh, Apple uh, app stores uh, or Apple, Apple stores uh, physical physical stores um that exhibit the the device so you can you can try it yourself and yeah every time i've uh, i've been in us this year i i i was just so occupied with everything else that i forgot it's possible and it was like in a on a store uh on the next the uh, next street nearby so yeah i need to try it next time yeah definitely and this is also so much cutting edge, right? They announced it a few months ago. They have not shipped any developer kits yet. Uh, people are creating some new, probably native apps for it. But we, as the first ever company in the world, to my knowledge, 
we are porting React Native to that platform. And this is not news, probably, because the, the version is already public on our, uh, on our GitHub repository. So let's maybe talk about that. This is a React Native show, after all. Oscar. Uh, yeah. So yeah? Well, maybe like one disclaimer. Uh, so maybe we are the first, uh, first company to uh, like invest in this space for React Native. Uh, but there, there were some attempts from individual uh, contributors like uh, uh, Daniel from from Expo. I think Gabriel. he was Gabriel. trying. Uh, uh, how how is he? Gabriel. 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 Donato. Yeah. 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 Uh, Gabriel. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, hope you you can uh, forgive me. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, so he's he's done a lot of um, uh, cool groundwork for uh, um, for for that, and and also in the CocoaPod space. Uh, and uh, um, yeah, so so we're like uh, we we've started from slightly different angle uh, to uh, with a vision of having like a fully fledged uh, platform that's easy to integrate for any other um, React Native project, or if you want to start with just Visual NS projects. So so we have this. Uh, um, developer experience and not hacky solutions in mind from the very first day. And this is yeah. uh, this is all um, um, possible thanks to our co uh, cooperation with, with Matt Hargett uh, from Rebecca Specialties, uh, who um, we collaborate on, on this effort to ship uh, one of the first apps for the Apple Vision Pro store. Yeah, so I think we can say we are like the first company to release React Native Vision OS because there were previous attempts, but none of them were actually released. Okay, so guys, can you please tell me and my, our listeners, what is React Native Vision OS? Sure. Mm, so it is an out-of-tree platform. And you might ask, what is an out-of-tree platform? Because that's not obvious. Um, so currently, we have, I think, three of them, but most probably there are more. So we have tvOS, uh, which ships for uh, Apple TV and uh, Android TV. We have macOS and we have Windows. And those are basically forks of the React Native core repository um, that put some if statements and some uh, additional things to make it work for that platform. Um, so the way we did it, um, we used something like compiler conditionals, um, which allowed us to um, actually compile not supported code from React Native Core um, for Vision OS, actually not compile. We, the compiler conditionals uh, exclude something from compiling. Um, and yeah, I think that's an uh, explanation of out of three platforms. Uh, maybe anyone wants to add something? I just want to uh, summarize and um, and ask you if I understand correctly. So <laughs> I fork React Native Core. I name it React Native uh, Platform X. And then mm -hmm. I add some additional bits and pieces to it so that my platform compiles properly. Yeah, okay. pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and, and now you can name yourself an out-of-tree platform. 
<laughs> out of three platform developer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have no idea where this came from, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the naming um, that uh, uh, maybe Windows started or PlayStation uh, at some point where they were working on on their thing. So, yeah, well, hard, I guess yeah, I guess the reasoning. Now. Right, the the reasoning is correct. We have a core React Native that is that that targets mobiles mostly, and the most community is gathered around mobile. And then we have macOS, Windows, VisionOS, TVOS. This like <laughs> different out of three platforms that have some community around them and that have dedicated people working on those repositories, uh, but not necessarily useful for. Uh, most of React Native uh, community. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These are uh, like, <clears throat> let's say, niche use cases today. Uh, they don't have to be niche uh, all the time. And, you know, uh, we are JavaScript developers. Uh, we want JavaScript to run everywhere. Uh, and uh, we're just pushing on that vision using React because it's uh, it's a great UI uh, library uh, to, to make it happen. So. Yeah, okay, so uh, let's go uh, with our uh, episode and let's talk about the use cases for this. What are the use cases for creating a fork of React Native that targets VisionOS? What can I accomplish with my React Native app on VisionOS platform? Yeah, actually, I wanted to add one more thing um, because I think it's pretty important uh, to add it. Uh, as on, like, on the day one of release of Vision OS SDK. Um, everyone was compiling their app in something called compatibility mode. Um, so we, you could say that React Native is working on Vision OS on day one. Um, but I think it's pretty important to explain what actually compatibility compatibility mode is. Um, so it is a way of um, basically retargeting your iOS app. Uh, to Vision OS without the full SDK support. So that kind of app could just render the UI um, without, for example, allowing you to use Reality Kit or use volumes and immersive spaces and all of that good stuff that you get for Vision OS. So yeah, that's why uh, on day one we had a lot of uh, people showing that React Native is working, but it was working in the compatibility compatibility mode layer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's go on with the use cases. Yeah, so thanks for thanks for uh, talking about the accessibility mode. Uh, sorry, comp compatibility <laughs> mode. Uh, so what are the use cases for my new React Native project uh, that targets Vision OS? Uh, yeah, so um, first, first thing, would be that um, we bring React to like yet another platform, uh, and uh, through that we um, we like to think about it as opening the the, the space for uh, like and hopefully an explosion of ideas um, and, uh, and and creativity and, and innovation in this space. So uh, we want to enable that uh, at Colsac. We have. Uh, um, this this vision of, of React Universe where we can run React virtually everywhere, and uh, and Visual OS because it's so similar to iOS, uh, 
it, it, it was actually a, a low entry barrier to put React Native there, and we just jumped on it. Um, so uh, by this Let's work... Let's see if Oscar agrees with that statement. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, relatively, yeah. Uh, so so yeah. If, you, if you look at our uh, fork, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's around like 1,000 or 2,000 lines of changes. So in terms of like how much extra code needs to be needed to be added to uh, to to react native uh core it's not that much uh but it required a lot of groundwork uh researching and uh, uh probably there is like 10 times more time uh pour into thinking and uh, reading documentation and uh um, trying to oversee different integration between different uh, libraries in the ecosystem before you actually write a, uh, a single line of code. And then it may actually happen that someone from the core team will tell you, hey, we have a different way to do it. So let's do it differently. Um, so, so this is this, this kind of uh, uh, weird situation we're, uh, we're in. Um, uh, what else? Uh, there Sorry, is, uh, so I, I just want to point that out. First reason, because we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's possible and uh, why not, right? Um, uh, thankfully, uh, thankfully, we um, we can afford doing it uh, and, uh, and, and we have Oscar who had all the necessary um, skills to, uh, to, to just make a bold move. So yeah, we, we just did it. Another thing is that uh, this enables uh, new um, and like enhanced data visualization possibilities. Like, you know, imagine immersive spaces, uh, new user experience where you can visualize big data sets as a single person instead of like scrubbing through the 2D spreadsheets or uh, Xcolor drafts, TL drafts, uh, you know, all those um diagrams and imagine having them like at once around your head this is this this closer to um uh, how a lot of people think about uh, problems and this by making it very visual uh will possibly allow engineers or architects or like anyone who has to uh, deal with large data sets to have way easier time, maybe enable them to actually solve, see something, see patterns somewhere that they wouldn't um, perceive it anyway. So, so, so this is like completely uh, new thing that's, uh, um, it, you know, it's, it's going to be possible to, to do with um, native programming uh, for Apple Vision Pro as well. But with React Native, like writing UI is like, 10 times easier uh, and, and, and and faster than you would do in in native space. So, uh, so like bridging all of those capabilities is like, you know, uh, adding enterprise grade uh, application uh, level to, uh, and making it available to, to everyone uh, and, and, you know, just do something with it. So, uh, so this is, this is very exciting. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I also wanted and, to touch and, on and, this. And, yeah, I, I think that that will be uh, the, the 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 biggest cases for for us. This is still mm -hmm. like very unexplored, very uncertain 
um, days for, for this technology. It may happen that it won't work out. Uh, uh, but on the upside, we learn a lot. Uh, and uh, uh, we've, we've uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, we've also contributed a lot back to the core, but we'll, we'll get to that uh, later. Yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to, to touch on uh, one use case that I have in my head. Uh, so, for example, in the native space, uh, you can you have a Swift app that you are developing, and you click Add Target, and you now target VisionOS, and that's uh, and then you can expand on those features for VisionOS. So, for example, you can add some immersive spaces, immersive scenes, volumes, etc. But in React Native, that wouldn't be possible without this product. So, imagine you have a pretty large code base that you can just add um, React Native Vision OS 2, and you can easily target this new platform, same as native developer, developers can. So that's pretty pretty cool that you can yeah, do Yeah, I do can it, imagine that. that for for huge projects that are already very multi-platform, they're on several different TVs, mobiles, web, whatever, uh, adding this Vision OS platform will be much much easier with react native uh, vision os the whole logic is already there like the bunch of views are already there you can just port them to, to the new platform and you're ready to go yeah yeah and also uh, apple um sells us vision pro as a device like for a home theater so streaming apps um, would be something still pretty cool apps to to port to this platform so you could have a home theater in your um, yeah, like, XR space. Like more immersive experience even, uh, because from uh, I've seen some cold demos where uh, you, you can generate like a whole uh, pitch, whole like basketball field from a 2D uh, uh, movie or, or like 2D streaming basically. So, so this is like completely new um, ways to, uh, to, to to, to present um, and, and enter, entertain users, uh, make uh, to, to make things more immersive, basically. So we will probably explore uh, the the UX of those things for for many years to come. Hopefully, if uh, um, if, if Apple doesn't uh, kill this this initiative, uh, <laughs> which no, may happen. No. Although, yeah, they, they're not Google, right? Yeah, uh, they're not Google. <laughs> Uh, so moving on, I want to ask question in two parts. So the two parts are, <laughs> what is the status of this project right now? What kind of features and capabilities I have already in my hand with this initial release? And what do you think needs to get in there, what you already have on your roadmap, for the for the let's say production version for let's say uh, for it to be a fully fledged uh, out of three platform for React Native that anyone can just grab and and use for their projects. Yeah, mm, so I can take this one. Um, so currently mm, we support Greenfield in Greenfield development. We support uh, old and new architecture. So if you're up existing app is still an old architecture you can and you will be able to port it to vision os 
by still using old architecture. Uh, we support Hermes, um, which I will explain later <laughs> how we did it because it was uh, quite a uh, quite a challenge to do it. Um, we've added also um, the init command, which maybe Michal, you want to explain on how it works now. Uh, uh, yeah, so the uh, React Native CLI has this this init command that uh, basically copies some some uh, important files from from the template to uh, to your folder, and it's designed in a way uh, to to make it work not only with the core iOS and Android um, project, but also for any other platform. Uh, and uh, with uh, with Vision OS, we're uh, like stress testing this um, this idea, this this solution of init, and uh, and and thanks to that, we apply uh, many different uh, uh, fixes to the edge cases that that we discover. Uh, so hopefully, uh, we um, um, we will be able to. Uh, mm like push those um those improvements also to to other out of three uh platforms like uh, tvos for example which is set up in a slightly different uh way than the vision os and and mac os as well uh windows is like completely different beast uh they have uh, a lot of their their own uh, like they have their own in its solution um but sure. thanks to that uh what we intend to do is to reduce the scope of uh, out of three platform maintainers uh, to uh, to fork from the core, basically. So yeah. so it's it's about sharing as much of the code and functionality and ideas as possible. And uh, uh, with React Native CLI, like one of one of our top priorities is to support the, um, the out of three and and brownfield integrations so so this is an important uh integration point that we see between our team and uh and and the work that oscar is doing so if anyone wants to start this uh journey with react native vision OS right now what do they have to type in their yeah uh, so, so currently it's very similar to uh to how you can init a react native uh, project so so we can run npx uh, um, at call stack slash react native uh, vision os uh, in it and the name of the folder and uh, you're good to go uh, so so uh, this is still like early days of this integration and uh, um, there, there are still changes that uh, we're doing so treat it as slightly experimental but the overall developer experience uh, is intended to be um, a, as this. So it's as similar uh, to, to, the, to the regular React Native development. And in the near future, we, we also want to support use cases where if you have existing React Native project uh, with iOS and Android platforms, for example, and you want to add yet another platform in a different folder, uh, we want to uh, allow and, and make it make it simple for for users to integrate uh, at yeah. least to some extent. Yeah. Okay. So also um, in the greenfield 
um, development field. We want to add support for third-party libraries. Um, currently, no libraries support for Vision OS, but that will change. Uh, we have plans to to support. So maybe you told you're me listening. yesterday that uh, Reanimated was compiling. Yeah, so I was getting into that. Uh, it is compiling, but yeah, I just hacked it uh, in a in an evening <laughs> to make it work. But yeah, it's not officially supported. Um, but yeah, it will it will be so. If you are a library maintainer um, and you want to add support for your uh, library to, to add to Vision OS, um, reach me out and I can help with that. Yeah, um, I, I think at, at this point it's uh, uh, usually a matter of adding uh, like one extra, extra line to the, um, to the pod file uh, to support Vision OS targets and maybe some, some small changes because uh, um, the Vision OS platform builds on on top of iOS, so uh, most yeah. of the code out there that's supported on iOS, it's also automatically supported by Vision OS. Not everything, uh, but most of it. Yeah, we will get what's not supported. Um, so yeah, but mostly it's adding uh, one line to to pod file, and it depends on how complex your library actually is. Um, and getting to the second way of developing uh, you can use brownfield development uh, to extend our generated template uh, with swift ui and in that way you can create immersive spaces you can create volumetric uh, windows so in in that case you can do everything uh, just like in the native world um, and in the future we want to uh, move, move as many things as possible to the JS side. So like maybe immersive scenes and uh, volumetric windows would be possible to to run from JS. Yeah, this is still something that uh, uh, we we haven't uh, designed the API for yet. Um, uh, it, it's somewhere on our radar. And uh, like uh, I want to go back to the. Um, Brownfield development for Swift UI native applications. So, how are you achieving that in React Native? It's 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 not very obvious because uh, uh, usually we integrate with uh, uh, with an Objective C app or, or like regular Swift app, and and here it's Swift UI. So, um, would you like to share some 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 small yeah, sure. uh, insights on that? Um, so, what we actually want to do is not yet uh, done, but it's on our radar to. Uh, release it. Uh, we want to embed React Native in SwiftUI lifecycle uh, using things like UI hosting controller. Uh, it is a native API that allows you to basically embed the UI kit inside of SwiftUI. Mm. Um, so that way the root of the application would be SwiftUI and then further down we would have UI kit as it is now. And that allows us to mm, use uh, VisionOS only APIs because most of them are only for uh, SwiftUI. Uh, yeah, so... I mean, it's, it's cool from the SwiftUI uh, creators to create this kind of compatibility mode uh, for, for UIKit that uh, we could hook into with React Native, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty nice, but um, it's also up with pushing everyone to use SwiftUI in that way, which is 
on one yeah. side great but on the other hand it's not I, not the I good. recall some um some 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 analysis of internal apple apps i mean internal the, the ones that ship with ios and uh, swift ui adoption is like very small it's, it's around like three percent or something of all apps use uh, swift ui so um, i think apple first needs to sort uh their their internal usage um um and uh and and then maybe uh, people will uh, will follow uh, by uh, good practices there guys I'm, I'm gonna stop you here with this amazing discussion about swift ui maybe this can be its own uh coffee talk episode or something so go to kuba <laughs> who is the host of the uh, coffee talk by Colstack podcast uh, let's focus on vision os uh for a little bit more. Uh, I want to ask Oscar last question about capabilities and features. So is there any other uh, feature or, or capability either already existing in the repository or something that you envision needs to be there uh, for it to be production ready that you want to mention? Yeah, um, so currently um, one of the APIs that we support is hover style. Um, so it what it does is it hovers on elements that user is looking on. So uh, Vision OS tracks your eyes and it knows that you are looking on a certain element and we can uh, highlight this element. And it works for all of the touchable components by default. And you can also apply it to your custom elements if you want to uh, design something uh, custom. Uh, there are also uh, Vision OS specific APIs that, for example, ship in Reality Kit, which is Model 3D. Uh, it allows you to render an inline 3D model. Uh, and those APIs, um, we are still discussing whether they should come as a core or they should come as a separate package. But we also uh, want to add ornaments, which was um, API to create toolbars that are flowing uh, around the main window and also on um, tab bar. So currently in React Native, you can use tab bar from React Navigation, but we want to implement actually a native tab bar because it has a special appearance for Vision OS. And of course, as we discussed before, we want to add Swift UI as the root of the application and also immersive scenes um, and windows. Yeah, when it's also it, uh, yeah. it's also unclear uh, what to do with gesture handling, right? Because uh, today we're uh, leveraging the the JavaScript uh, unresponder API, and uh, the native one is uh, from the React Native gesture handler. So um, we're um, we, we hope that um, folks from Software Mention are, are listening to this podcast, and if you want to uh, hack on gesture handler for Vision OS. Um, so it'll be great. Be, be our guest. I remember when you prepared to this episode, we, uh, me and Oscar, we had a, a discussion about the experimental state of everything that we are discussing right now. That uh, this episode comes with a warning: anything you hear on this podcast might be changed. Uh, at some point and might not be in the main repository when podcast drops even. So uh, be careful, but more or less, this is what we are presenting to you with the React Native Vision OS. 
I want to go back to something that Michal said like a half an hour ago or something like that. And he said, we did it because it was easy. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to to ask Oscar about that. And I want to stay here for a little while. Oscar, what is the process of bringing a new platform, even though it is similar to macOS or iOS, to React Native? Yeah. Um, So... Like we mentioned before, uh, thanks to the community, um, there were support for things like CocoaPods, which is the native uh, dependency manager that React Native uses, and but it wasn't released yet. So what we did, we were using um, CocoaPods from the source, from the main repository, and the first thing that you need to do, and it applies only for platform platforms that base on iOS. Uh, we needed to add um, platform vision OS to every pod spec, so to like every package JSON file. Um, and yeah, uh, what happens uh, if the uh, pod file is not in your repository? What you can do, and so it's something that actually uh, React Native Core is using, uh, and we leverage this. So you can uh, create a folder. Uh, with pod files that you want to patch, uh, create, uh, change the version to something weird like that one, that one, that one, or whatever you want, and then uh, you can add the platform. So for, you can patch the pod file however you want and point it to the original source. And that's what we did first. Um, we added platform Vision OS to every third-party pod file and every internal React Native pod file. And it didn't work uh, because um, we had a lot of errors. So um, the issue was that uh, APIs that were depreciated, deprecated, sorry, before um, iOS 16 are not supported on Vision OS. Um, and there are a few of them, like notifications, um, text content menu, and firstly we just commented them out, commented them out, um, but then we need to. We needed to get back to this, uh, but let's talk about like the first time we managed to run it. Uh, and then the probably uh, worst thing for Vision OS in React Native, which is the UI screen API. And it's the API that al- it's the native API that allows you to call into the current screen of your device. And as you can imagine, um, React uh, Vision OS and Apple Vision doesn't have a screen that you can actually access, but it bases on Windows, same like macOS uh, and iPad in the uh, stage manager mode. So uh, we refactored every call site of UI screen to uh, use something called UI screen, uh, UI scene, and we took the current UI scene so that way we had the access to the UI scene that's currently presented in front of the user. And as React Native um, heavily depends on this uh, API, we can't add support for uh, multiple windows at this, at this point. But um, as we said before, we want to expand on this uh, idea and introduce um, API 
that would allow you to have multiple screens and multiple instances of React Native running, for example, side by side um, on Vision OS. And also that would bring the multi-window support for iPad. So that's that's uh, pretty cool that iPad would get this basically for free. Yes, I think this is this is something that we will touch on on several different challenges that you faced. But mm-hmm. by solving Vision OS specific issues, specific challenges, you had to create some solutions that are adaptable to other platforms as well. And you had to contribute to a lot of different repositories to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, of course, we contributed to React Native. Um, we have a pending contribution to Hermes. Um, I also wanted to update pod files in Cocoa Pods repositories. Um, and of course, uh, we did an indirect impact on other out of tree platforms like macOS. Um, so we merged our fixes to core. And thanks to that, when macOS synced with the upstream repository, um, they get uh, those, those fixes. Um, so let me also uh, talk about the unsupported APIs. So not every uh, API can be translated one-to-one for Vision OS, as this platform is fundamentally different than others. And so the keyboard, for example, in React Native, we can manage keyboards pretty easily. Uh, but in Vision OS, it's a floating window, um, and we can't imperatively control this window. Yeah, so I, I think I think some would argue if you can easily uh, <laughs> manage keyboard and inputs on, on regular React Native. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but, but I think we, we already can... established that the concept of easiness is relative. Yeah, of yeah. course. It, I hope I, I said relatively easily. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, it's definitely not easy. It's it's a lot of hard work. No, it's just possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, um, another unsupported API is appearance, which might be weird for you as Apple introduced dark mode, light mode uh, a few years ago. And for Vision OS, it's not supported. Uh, when you will <clears throat> query what the actual uh, appearance is, it will return dark mode, but uh, it doesn't have that concept. Uh, and what it is, it wants you to adopt to the surroundings. So for example, if you're in a, like a light room with a lot of sunlight going in, um, then the appearance of the window adapts. And the same goes if you are in like a dark room uh, with the lights turned off. <clears throat> also, another few uh, APIs, uh, status bar and input accessory view which I won't get into, but those are something that won't work on Vision OS. Yeah, the platform is, like you said, fundamentally different. There are different uh, ways to interact with this. So I guess, are those unsupported APIs, uh, the things that you mentioned you had to basically comment out? Yeah, at first um, we commented it out. And now we give a like nice warning that you shouldn't use them 
and uh, you should only use them for other platform than Vision okay. OS. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we detect whether uh, we're rendering in a Vision OS environment, and uh, uh, for that we we actually uh, fought like really hard um, about uh, whether this is a separate platform or it's something else, and. Uh, it turned out it's it's not really a separate platform, um, as in the in terms of when you use platform that OS equals iOS or Android. Uh, if we added, uh, if we treated Vision OS as new platform where you could query platform that OS equals Vision OS, uh, we would lose all the third-party uh, community packages and also internal uh, implementations that only target iOS or assume that you're on, on iOS. And we want to leverage that because there is like 80, 90% of, uh, of the code that's shared, that's shared between iOS and, um, and, and, and Vision OS platforms, uh, maybe more. So, uh, so we were thinking about uh, naming it something differently. We started with uh, coming up with, with a <clears throat> uh, new concept of a platform variant where we would have iOS platform and Vision OS variant. Um, uh, then we went to the Metro team, which is responsible for uh, resolving different different uh, files based on platform extensions. And they said that uh, it may not be a, a best idea ever uh, because we would uh, uh, we would need to one uh, introduce new thing to the um, to the resolver that's um, only accessible for for those uh, other platforms than Android and iOS, and uh, the second thing is uh, it would possibly create confusion uh, because our idea was to come up with a file extension uh, like scheme uh, where you could name your file that iOS that Vision OS that JS for example. And, uh, and and we could easily see users mixing those two uh, between each other, which wouldn't work, which would provide confusion and uh, some voices that developer experience is shit were reacting at it, right? So uh, we wanted to contribute this idea to the to the core. We we got a really valuable feedback, and we went back uh, to uh, uh, to implementing a, a custom. Um, um, like custom file resolver for for our platform uh, only, uh, which lives in the Vision OS repository, and uh, and that um, uh, users will have configured in their uh, the Metro uh, configuration. So so that was that was an interesting experience, and one of those things that uh, adding like one small thing may take a few weeks, and eventually we won't write any code in it or every code that we've written uh, will be scrapped, uh, but the ideas and discussions uh, stays. So uh, I think that's that's like, that's, that's a real value. And uh, um, Meta and, and Microsoft also with, with their um, extra platforms experience are uh, very keen to share their knowledge. And uh, sometimes it's, it's really pain in the ass uh, when we're contributing something and uh, uh, and, and, and to us, it's a very small change that wouldn't require a lot of maintenance from 
from the inspector side and they bring uh, they, they bring to us their own perspective on that uh, <clears throat> which is also valid so uh, well, there's a lot of it has discussion. to work within ecosystem right we have to think about how the bigger picture works with yes. other platforms yes. as well we, we, we take that the, into advantage uh, i mean into, into account uh, first and foremost uh, but what we also need to <clears throat> think about is the project maintenance. So Reignative is is really big uh, in terms of the, its API surface, um, and uh, and the, the core team, which is also growing bigger, um, they need to be very mindful of um, what goes in um, and what they need to support if we want to end up in a place where React Native is stable and has stable API, uh, we need to be very cautious about it. So uh, although yeah. it's very painful from from our point of view, uh, mine and, and Oscar's, um, it's it's something that's uh, probably uh, very important for the, uh, for the whole project to succeed. Yeah, I wanted to also add um, one more thing that our utility that we've created um, basically to remap imports is also available to use for any other uh, out of three platforms. So it's not only uh, tailored to our solution, but other out of three platforms like TVOS could also um, leverage this um, resolver for Metro. Um, so yeah, let me go to the next um, challenge, um, which is- Yeah, please. Triggering dev that menu. That was one of the biggest. <laughs> yeah, which is triggering dev menu from the device. So currently, uh, when you hit uh, D on your keyboard, it will uh, show up the dev menu where you can reroll your Metro bundle and stuff. But we don't have any way of uh, triggering the dev menu from the actual device. Um, and there is no keys that we can access because there is like a digital digital crown that users can spin and it adjusts the level of immersion, but it's not something that we can get access to. So yeah, we are looking for ideas. <laughs> if you have some ideas how to trigger that menu, for example, I don't know, shake your head to, to trigger it, um, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I hated the shaking of the device <laughs> previously. I, I recently oh, it was such a pain, the... especially on large tablets. Yeah, yeah, that uh, I can relate to that. Uh, and also, I recently discovered uh, that um, some um, some things pop out, like uh, I think keyboard uh, or or others. If you uh, hold uh, press and hold shift, for example. Or um, or other keys, so I guess we could we could leverage uh, some of those hotkeys uh, at least for that, like regular development. And uh, uh, the the actual thing I was uh, referring that was like probably one of the uh, most challenging and uh, inter uh, project dependent was building Hermes, right? Uh, yeah. Because the, mm. today Vision OS supports uh, Hermes and JSC. Um, but it required a lot of work from Oscar, so uh, share your experience. <laughs> um, yeah, so firstly, for like the first build, we disabled Hermes immediately because it was failing on some C++ um, error that was pretty hard to debug. Um, 
so yeah, after we got everything working, I got back to trying to build Hermes into the app. Um, so yeah, uh, when I reached out to other contributors on this topic, um, we discovered that Hermes also wasn't working for macOS. Uh, as uh, when uh, as Microsoft doesn't support it for React Native macOS currently, they don't use it. Um, so yeah, that was my first observation. Uh, so uh, and we are talking about local building of Hermes because as you know, Hermes is shipping as a pre-built package, but I don't want to get into that and how it works. But um, let's talk about only building local version of Hermes as we do now. Um, so actually what was happening is that we were building Hermes for Mac OS and trying to link it for Vision OS, which obviously isn't going to work. Um, and another thing that was um, re making it harder is that um, Vision OS under the hood and it was its code name, it's named XROS. Uh, and Apple is claiming that they've renamed it to Vision OS fully, but they didn't. For example, in CMake, um, it all, it's still XROS and XR Simulator. The same yeah. as, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. The yeah, same so as, similar, uh, similar to how um, iOS used to be named iPhone OS. Yeah. And uh, today we also, uh, I mean, to this day, uh, from 2007, it is 16 years. Uh, we still reference the like code name project name that that was there as a prototype, and it's still there the code. So uh, you know, um, if you're afraid of shipping legacy code, e e even in a when when you're shipping your proof of concept or uh, uh, or a experimental product. Don't be Apple does it as well. And uh, your legacy code and ideas can last forever for that product scope. So don't yeah. worry, don't be don't be too hard for on yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so then uh, I went to building CMake from source to actually check what's going on even deeper, not in Hermes, but in actual build tool. And it turned out uh, that CMake um built from source, so it wasn't a released version, was passing a faulty flag, which was always building for the actual device, not the simulator. So that's why um, when we were trying to build it, it wasn't working. It was saying that it, uh, it is a version of Hermes built for the XR OS and not XR simulator. So yeah, I've changed a few flags inside of Hermes, um, built it, and yeah, it worked. Now we are just patching our own fork of Hermes uh, until this issue is resolved. And after it will be resolved, we will add official support to, to Hermes. Um, so you don't need to do any, um, like use any forked versions of, of Hermes. Yeah. And you said that you discovered box. that it doesn't work for macOS as well. So w will it work on uh, React Native macOS with your change as well? Yeah. So um, I've actually contributed um, fixing the local build uh, script and it make it work for made it work for uh, Mac OS. Mm, so yeah, it, it works now and they can fully yeah, use that, it. That, that's great about open source, right? Uh, one s seemingly small change can uh, 
bubble up to uh, to all the other uh, projects, and those projects could be you know reactivated for this yet another uh, platform. So uh, I think that's uh, that's really amazing. And there were a lot of contributions that you made back to the um, to the core of React Native and also to to other projects, right? Yeah. Mm, so I can share some stats on, on this day. I'm sure that there will be more as we are trying to contribute it as much as possible and as much as we can. Um, so I've made around 15 PRs to React Native Core and also to other repositories that I didn't count. Uh, and yeah, as a part of it, I was removing uh, the deprecated uh, APIs in Core and adding support, moving closer to adding support for multi-window. So yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I think we'll be slowly, we'll be wrapping this episode, maybe not slowly. The last thing that I know Oscar wants to do right now is to thank a bunch of people who helped him along the way uh, with this huge effort. So please go ahead. Yeah, so thank I want to thank uh, for everyone who helped us to reach this first release. And it was Ricardo from Meta, Matt Harjet, Sat Naimi from Microsoft, and of course, Gabriel, uh, who we mentioned before, and other core contributors and uh, people from Callstack that also helped us. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. So what's next for this project? Uh, what do you uh, envision for this project for the next few months? Michal, you want to touch on, on this or should I? Uh, <laughs> what, what's next? Uh, so uh, actually Apple Vision Pro and Vision OS is like the, the first step on what we want to achieve and what's actually Matt's um, idea of bringing React Native to any extended reality devices through the WebXR um, uh, web API. So uh, uh, one common thing about all the VR headsets out there is that they can all run a web browser and they can all run JavaScript and uh, most of them are capable of supporting the WebXR uh, specification. Uh, and uh, we see a possibility to, uh, which is like, we, we still don't know whether it will work, um, uh, but we see some some possibilities to, um, to bridge the underlying implementations of, um, of the WebXR uh, like facade uh, to the React Native apps uh, through through JSI interface directly. So this is the actual end game for for this effort. So Vision OS is like the first step, and the next one would be bringing React Native to to any other VR device. Uh, we know that Meta is is doing like their own thing internally, um, which is I think based on on, on Android uh, some some flavor of it. So it's a different idea. And uh, we're very much excited about it. We have no idea if um, uh, if we are gonna pursue it that far. The, for now, we wanna have a working uh, production-ready app um, uh, on uh, released whenever the Apple Vision Pro 
App Store is released probably somewhere around March next year. Uh, and, uh, um, and, and we also want to make sure that um, all the um, good things uh, and, and like related to quality of software engineering, uh, like CI testing, end-to-end uh, -end testing, are older because uh, uh, you know it's it's a it's a different um, different thing when we can hack something on a platform and it's possible versus it's actually uh, let's say enterprise ready ready for developers to invest time there write quality software make sure there are tools to debug profile test uh, and have like a fully continuous integration cycle um, built into that. So this is very important, something that uh, we had in mind from the from the beginning, and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll definitely spend some time working on it next year. So stay tuned. Yeah, the the repo is public. Uh, the the first version is released. Uh, we are waiting for your input, for your feedback, uh, for your contributions, maybe. So uh, yeah, go ahead and check it. Check it out. It's under Callstack uh, space in GitHub. And uh, that's the episode about the React Native Vision OS. I'm really proud of it. Thank you guys so much. So today we discussed the extended reality uh, landscape from, from the perspective of Apple device, uh, Apple Vision Pro that is coming out in the next few months. Uh, and our efforts around bringing React Native to that device and to VR, XR in general. And we spent the most of this episode talking about the challenges and features that Oscar is bringing with React Native Vision OS to Vision OS uh, operating system. Thank you so much, Michal. Thank you so much, Oscar, for uh, joining you. me to the show. And thank you so much, listeners. Uh, go ahead and check the repository. Thank you. Thank you, Akash. Always a pleasure uh, when you're hosting. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>